Join us on March 17, 2012, for the second annual Northeast GNU Linux Fest. Listen to talks by Drew Levine of PCBSD, John Sullivan, Executive Director of the Free Software Foundation, just to name a few. This year's theme will be on accessibility. The purpose of this event is to make the public aware of the large variety of free software available and that you do not have to be locked in by proprietary software or operating systems. The Northeast GNU Linux Fest will be held at Worcester State University. Details can be found by going to our website, northeastlinuxfest.org. In the spirit of competition, we have hacker groups from all over New England who will compete for prizes for best design of accessible hardware. We have also just added a demonstration of OpenStreetMap. Linux professionals will be able to take their LPI or BSD exams for certification. For more information, please go to northeastlinuxfest.org, come to the largest computer event in the Northeast, the Northeast GNU Linux Fest, and take back control of your computer, take control of your software. March 17, 2012 in Worcester, Massachusetts. Welcome to Linux in the Ham Shack. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am one of the hosts of this extravaganza. We would like to welcome all our new listeners, all our old listeners, and all our listeners that have not come out of diapers yet. With that, I would like to turn you over to the other host of our show, uh, Russ, K5TUX, up in Arkansas. Russ, take it away. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for that very soulful introduction to episode number 68 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is Russ, K5TUX, coming to you from between the peaks in the pine forests of a very rainy north-central Arkansas on the evening of November 8th, 2011. And there has been a lot going on for me at work, so things are very, very busy. I'm tired all the time. And yet we still managed to get a podcast out. So I think I'll send it back down to Richard so we can get our first topic going and uh, make, make something of an episode out of this episode. That's right, because Richard's been running around like a stroke victim with no teeth. Oh, he's back to normal, <laughs> y'all. He's back to normal. Um, um, I figure y'all got tired after 67 episodes of the same old stuff. So we, we switched it up tonight. Switched it up just a little bit. Now, Russ is talking about it raining up there. It's been raining off and on all day down here, too. We're supposed to have temperatures down in the 40s, maybe even in the 30s tonight. They were talking about thunder gibbets and hot balls of hail and everything else, and it just kind of petered out. We'd like to welcome all the folks in the chat room this evening. Hello, folks in the chat room. We haven't done that in a while. Hi, folks in the uh, chat room. 
And occasionally we even pimped a band, but we're not going to do it right now. I'm just taking a look at the weather.com app, and it uh, looks like it's snowing just outside of Wichita. Well, there you have it. Wichita Falls, Texas, home of the Wichitaans. Oh, you talking about Kansas? Well, I was talking about Kansas, but whatever. Wichita Falls, Texas. It's it's the tornado home. It is it's one of them damn things. Anyway, so moving on. We've been sitting here playing, fooling around, carrying on for the last thirty minutes, and uh, trying to get things going. Actually, I have have something that I probably should have talked about on the last show, but I can't. I ain't going to talk about it now because it'll be done by the time this one gets out. So we'll leave that alone. We have uh, on our list tonight, we have donuts, bass fishing, and Bama Hammerama. Uh, also, we would like to let Bert know that we had to block him because his email address is harass- sexually harassing Russ. So that's our first uh, handful of stuff and announcements. Uh, as far as uh, everything else, I'd just like to remind everybody that as we come on this holiday season, right after holiday season, is Skywarn School across the country. Y'all go ahead and check out Skywarn School. Get your butt in there. Get yourself some uh, some spotter training. And then do like everybody else and sit at the house and watch it on the radar when, when the storms come through. So for our first topic tonight, Russ has got VLC Media Player in the, in the, in the notes tonight, and I have no idea. What mysterious topic other than VLC media player he's going to present this evening. However, I am waiting in anticipation. Take it away, Russ. Oh, I thought all the topics were yours. I just put that thing in at the last minute. Oh. (laughs) Why is it in the notes? Well, it is in the notes, but I got one line. You've got a whole mess of stuff in there. Well, all my stuff is the same stuff. Well, that's okay. It sounds like your stuff's going to take most of the show. Do you need to study a bit? Is that what it is? You're trying to push it off because you're running around going page to page studying? Um, yeah, something like that. That's what I do right before the show most times. <laughs> so moving on, we'll push VLC to the end of the show, and uh, we'll, we'll go on to the next thing. Now, I don't have the email in front of me, so y'all wait a minute. Well, I can read the email because I do have it in front of me. Okay, read the email. Okay, this, well, we're talking about the thing that's in the Etherpad, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Contesting software. Right, right, right. Okay, well, here's the email. This email came in to us um, a few days ago from Ian, KM4IK, Kilo Mike 4 India Kilo, uh, from down in Georgia. And Where they have Bama Hammerama. In Georgia? Okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, and he says, Richard and Russ... I just moved my shack computer off of Windows over to Ubuntu 11.04. I have nearly everything I need except a decent contest logger. Do either of you have any recommendations for Linux-based contest logging software? If I can't find anything, this may be a deal-breaker for me on Linux in my ham shack. Thanks for everything you're doing for both the ham and open-source communities. I love the podcast. Thanks, and 7-3, Ian... Kilo Mike 4, India Kilo, from Georgia. And now Richard has uh, graciously put some stuff in the Etherpad because he is going to respond to this and uh, will probably be the bulk of the content for this episode. So I hope I hope it's good. Maybe. 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 All right. Well, let's see how it goes. Uh, Ian, thank you, for, uh, thank you for writing in. 
first of all, before we start this segment, let me let me put up the disclaimer that neither myself or I th- I don't think Russ is either are contesters. No, so I, I will agree as, that I am not a contester. Okay. As far as login software is concerned, you know, um, anything like that I ever do, you know, I have been known to go get the, uh, go get the exchange for a contest so I could work some states or some countries that I didn't have yet. Uh, but I never actually worked the contest. Uh, so I've been trying to do a little research, uh, but we're going to bring you what we got. The, um, uh, the truth is that with all of, with, as with most amateur radio applications under Linux, you've got a handful that are like super duper and work really, really well. And then you got some that you kind of have to, kind of have to pick through them and see what works best for you. And in the case of logging software, especially contest logging software, it's even more so because there's the added problem that's also goes on in the other operating system that you have so many loggers out there and they all do stuff just a little bit different. I went out and did some research, found some things that were recommended by uh, some of the contesting guys, and I thought we'd take a little time to go through them. All right. So the, the first one we've got which is not exactly the order that uh, I have them on our list here. But uh, the first thing I've got is JL Logger. JL Logger. And the description of the thing on the website is that JL Logger is a contest logger written e- entirely in Java. The current version is 1.06. It runs on just about any modern operating system on which uh, JDK 1.4 or better has been installed. Yada, yada, yada. Basically, what it said, what the rest of this says is that there, there are versions for Windows, Linux, Solaris, and Mac OS. And uh, I was looking at some of the features on it, and uh, the contest that this particular one, it states that this particular one supports are the AWRLDX contest, CQ Worldwide. I mean, even I know that the contesters, CQ Worldwide is probably one of the big, really big deals for them. Uh, the AWRL sweepstakes and 160-meter contest, VHF contest, IARU HF contest, the top band distance challenge, the North American QSO party, and the North American sprint the New England QSO party, several different states. And it uh, the only one it actually mentions, only two it actually mentions are the California QSO party and the Texas QSO party. Worked all Europe, IOTA, SAC, LZ-DX, Russian DX, OK-OL, and JIDX, Oceania, and all Asia. Now, as a contester, you may know what that means, but I'm not completely sure. However, this one uh, had a lot of good recommendations. I really didn't see where anybody had uh, posted that there were issues with it. All software has little kinks in it. (laughs) And as far as Java, I haven't run a lot of stuff that is Java that's outside of Internet stuff, so I'm not sure how stable that is or whatever. What's your opinion on stability in Java, Russ? 
my understanding is that Java applications tend to be rather stable, and of course, it all depends on the version of Java that you have installed, but the biggest issue is there tends to be a performance hit when you're running Java because it's in it's its own uh, just-in-time compiler and all that good stuff. But honestly, an application that is probably very resource non-intensive, like this logger application, will, I assume, run just fine. Except that I am trying to run it on my Linux Mint machine right now uh, after downloading the jar file, and it won't load. So I'm trying to figure out why while you uh, continue to discuss it. That's okay, because I was reading up on it while you were discussing it. So, see, Russ and I have a, uni- a good partnership because I can make him talk while I catch up, and he can make me talk while I, while he catches up. But uh, other things that I see going on here, as described by the uh, developer, is uh, it writes logs to Cabrillo format. Now, most of the contesters that I know are big logbook of the world fans, and Cabrillo is like the first format they were taking at logbook of the world so that will probably help you out quite a bit it also includes a voice, a voice cure and a cw cure and rig control for icom transceivers i'm sure they'll probably add others the kenwoods the uh, the yazus later but right now it has rig control for the icom transceivers this guy's particularly proud of the fact that he's got worked all europe in there as Russ figures out what he's doing over there, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next one. And uh, he can chime back in when uh, gets through messing with other. Chime. He, Just kidding. He'll he, he, he be able to figure out whether it's their stuff or his stuff. So the next one that came up in the search was uh, one called YFK Test. Now, YFK Log, I have played with a little bit as far as a general logging program which is more in line with the kind of stuff I do. Uh, YFK logs, not too terribly bad. And apparently they have a special version for contesting called YFK test. Uh, YFK test, according to the folks that put it together, is a logbook program for ham radio contest. It's easily expandable to log and score arbitrary contest. It doesn't require any installation or setup. Just download it and run it. That's the kind of stuff I like. I was looking at the list of features, and they've even got some screenshots on the site. This appears to run in a terminal. Yes, the uh, screenshots they've got are it running in X term. Now, that's another problem you're going to run into with some of the uh, some of this contest logging software on Linux is the fact that uh, most of it is probably going to run in a terminal. Uh, there's some good loggers out there, but they're not as great for contests and stuff that we run on the run on the uh, desktop. But what they're saying is, is that uh, yes, it's console based. It uses uh, Apparently, this is a new thing. K5ZD's super partial check files, which I'm sure has uh, something to do with dupe checking. Uh, you can send CW message through it via CW daemon. It can uh, export export log files to ADF or Cabrillo, and it looks like it'll even generate summary files. 
read control is via the ham libraries, which means it'll run whatever's in that ham library. It'll run my Yezu, it'll run uh, anything that's in the ham libraries, which that makes sense to me. I don't know why anybody would only have support for like one radio on this kind of stuff. But I did run across uh, some that were specifically designed for Elecraft uh, equipment, and that's not the question you asked. You never said you had an Elecraft. It says it's menu-driven with no config files, and the supported contest list is lengthy. <laughs> uh, All Asia, ARRLDX. There's something beeping in here. I bet that's a D-Star radio. Anyway, uh, All Asia DX, ARRLDX, Field Day, Sweepstakes, CQ Worldwide 160, CQWPX Contest, CQ Worldwide DX Contest, IARUHF Championship. There's just a whole bunch of them. <laughs> now, uh, what I forgot to mention on the, on the last one is the fact that we're going to have all these URLs posted over to the website. URL for YFK log is, well, it'll be posted over the website. Go to the website at lhspodcast.info and uh, you ought to be able to just click on a link, go over and take a look at it. Great thing about Linux is you can put stuff on, check it out, take it off, and when you take it off, it's gone. Unlike that other operating system. So the next one that came up on our list is also a console uh, logging programs called TLF. Now, TLF, I've, I've heard some good stuff and some bad stuff. The way the page is written up, it looks like they're talking to the Windows folks, but when you get down at the bottom, uh, they're talking about installing stuff for Debian and other stuff. So uh, you may have to take your time while you're over this page and take a good look at it. But uh, anyway, uh, it allows a network-based uh, keyer, TTY, USB, parallel ports, no problem. You can set up 24 CW messages, integrated for voice keyer with 14 messages. And I guess this voice keyer thing must be you, you create a audio file and point it at it. Uh, Auto-CQ, TR-Log output compatible, Cabrillo compatible. Intelligent dupe checking, which I guess goes back to what we were talking about a while ago. Uh, MUF calculator. Radio control for many transceivers between ha- uh, using ham library. Uh, IP networking. Networked loggers. Who'd have ever thought it? Uh, built-in telnet client. There's just a lot of features on this thing. Get down here to some of the, uh, some of the contest stuff. Says it does ARRL sweepstakes, uh, EU Sprint, ARRL DX, ARRL Field Day, Region 1 Field Day, uh, N4 AU, the Expedition Mode, General QSO Mode. I mean, this thing's got a lot going on with it. Like I said, with all of these, you're probably going to have to download and check them out because Russ and I, we're just not contesters. <laughs> Um, uh, about the only, the closest thing I come to as a contest is I, I try to hit route 66 when it's happening, but I've missed it the last two years because something's always come up, but, uh, give TLF a try. So the next one we've got on the list is called KB, not KB log, not 
KB logging software, KB content, KB. That's the way it came up. And uh, KB is a contest logging uh, program that runs on Linux and BSD on the GNOME te- desktop. So we're, we're good there because it'll run, run on the desktop. And it currently supports CQ Worldwide, CQ, CQWPX, AWRLDX, AWRLSS, AWRL160, and AWRL 10 meter contest plus field day. Uh, features include on the fly dupe checking, CW and voice messaging, voice message, super check partial, packet on telnet, networking, uh, radio control for FT1000 only. Apparently, this is, they haven't really been working on this one heavy duty. But this was just, Oh, let me say that the stuff that I've mentioned so far was probably a 20-minute search as I came in from work this evening because I really didn't have time to get on it before that. There's a lot of stuff out there. So uh, last but not least, let me talk about huh, lost one of them, but I remember what's going on with that. So this is not the last one. This is the next to last one. Now, you didn't really mention what what kind of contesting you're doing. If you're doing uh, uh, phone, CW, digital, what's going on? Now, one of the things that came to mind, because it popped up in the search, and I really had not thought about it much, is that if you're doing digital contests, because a lot of times you fall into one category or another, you either do everything CW, everything phone, or everything digital. Not everybody's like that, but a bunch of us are. Anyway, it came to mind that you might be doing digital contesting. And there was a page that popped up, which jogged my memory on this, which is FL Digi. FL Digi has a onboard uh, logging software. Something else is that it can be connected up with CQR logging. We've talked about both of these in the past. As far as talking about them together at the same time, I'm not sure if we've done that or not. However, you can plug it in where it goes goes to a, a CQR log. CQR log is pretty advanced. It'll show DXCC, WAZ, ITU, IOTA statistics. You know, it'll give you all that information. I seem to remember that it has a facility that you can set it up for uh, worked all states nets and stuff that you uh, may be involved in. And I think there's a way to set it up for contest logging, but it's been a long time since I've taken the opportunity to look at it. So I'm a little unclear on that. Hey, if you're doing a lot of digital contesting, FL Digi is always number one out of our mouth when we talk about, uh, digital at all, because FL Digi is, well, I'm lazy, but honestly, I'm lazy. So, if I can download it and plug it in, it works. <laughs> then I normally tend to use that. Okay, so we've gone through these things, and the one that is last but not least, the one that is last but not least, is um, N1MM. Now, I, before anybody says anything in the chat room or anything else, N1MM is a piece of Windows logging software but it's quite popular and there's a lot of folks that have 
decided to try and run it under wine. Now, what I found is there are a couple of little bugs in it, according to the places that I looked. And, uh, well, mostly where it's, it's talking to wine or wine is talking to it, but they're not major obstacles, which I guess you really don't want something crashing in the middle of a contest, but it's something you might give thought to. I've had success in the past. I've got, uh, got a logging program I was hooked on when I came over to Linux, and I can't even remember which one it is now because I don't use it anymore. But I was able to bring it over and run it under wine. So if you're currently using a piece of logging software, you might want to take that, the one you're used to, the one you like, and see if it will run under wine. Now, you can go over to Wine HQ, which is, uh, I guess I need to get in the, in the each pad so that uh, there's a link on the website for it. Russ is snoring. I can hear him. <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually waiting to hear how this discussion of the N1MM software comes out because I I think I'm going to have a question for you. Oh well, don't be too quizzical because yeah. Anyway, so go over to Wine HQ and uh, you might get lucky because there is a a place over at Wine HQ where when folks get stuff running under Wine, uh, they post information about it, that kind of stuff. A lot of times you can find out if something works just by going over and checking the list. But if it's not in the list, that doesn't mean it doesn't work because for the most part, it probably hasn't been tried yet because we found other stuff that runs under wine that wasn't in the list at the time we went and looked at it. Echo link is one of one of the ones. And in fact, I even got one of these old Star Trek video games around here to run under wine. So take your favorite logging software and see if you can run it under wine. Or if you can find something, find something that's similar to what you're using and run it through. So there's a lot of options here. And Russ has a question. Well, sort of. <clears throat> you found this information on the N1MM logger under wine. Uh, in doing a Google search, yes. Uh, yes. What I was finding was, uh, was mostly comments in, uh, in forums and stuff like that. It was about 50% pro and 50% con. And one of the issues was they thought that maybe the visual basic because it was having, what was it? An issue with call signs outside the United States or outside of North America. One of the people suggested that it may have been misreporting the um, the call sign under Visual Basic and causing it to crash. Hmm. But I, but it it's not like it lost the information. It would crash, go down. You bring it back up, and that contact was in there. And I'm not. This was an older post, so I don't know. I don't know if that's been something that's been remedied or not. Hmm. Why? Why? Well, because I I doubt while you were talking about it, I downloaded the N1MM logger and did the install using Wine, and uh-huh. the install worked perfectly. But what happens is when you fire it up, when you fire up the application, it says you have to download the latest version in order to run it, and uh-huh. um, there's no way to do that that I can see. 
The latest version of Wine or N1MM? The latest version of N1MM. Well, you know, I never made it to the N1MM website. And it may not even, you know, that's the problem. Windows software is as bad as the stuff we use because, you know, some stuff, people just stop messing with it. Uh, the current version appears to be 11.11.01 N1MM new EXE. Okay. I just downloaded that and ran it via wine. Now I'm going to try and run it. Okay. I don't have the Jeopardy <laughs> music over here. All right. Well, it's it's going along okay so far here. Um, would you like to send an error report? No, I don't want to send an error report. Okay, I downloaded the latest version, and I tried to run it. No, I don't want to send an error report. I don't want to send an error report. Uh, yeah, and it fails miserably when I try and run it. Now, let me just try and run it out of the, uh, out of the directory ex- directly and see if that works. Uh, I have a feeling it's not. Uh, cannot open shared library also. You know, like you sound hard. Yeah, apparently I'm missing a library that may be causing it to fail. I, I could mess around with this for a while, but I'm not going to right now. So it might work if I had the also libraries installed. I'm using Pulse Audio on this machine. So uh, it's entirely possible that it could work, I suppose, uh, but it doesn't for me. And uh, I, I thought I was going to get stopped at the uh, updating the install or uh, installing the update part of it. Uh, but it turns out you can just go to the website and install the update via Wine, and that works fine. Um, and if I had the also libs, it may actually load, but... Um, so your mileage may vary as far as the N one MM loggers under wine. Well, that's true. It it since everything's gone to pulse, or at least what we're using is gone to pulse, it that may be a simple to correct issue with that. But mainly what I was saying with was, you know, I brought uh, what was it, W six E L logger or something like that. I can't remember what it was I brought over. No, I think it was a satellite program. But I brought a couple of programs over with me from Windows when I switched that were Windows-based stuff and plugged them into older version of Wine, and they came up and ran. So the whole point on I was getting at was, you know, try this stuff out in Wine, especially if it's going to be a deal breaker if you can't use it. Right. You know, I, I'm at the point now that uh, I have just about figured out how to get away from Windows altogether myself over here. Like Russ said, your mileage may vary. I'm a little disappointed in this JL thing that you found because uh, Java Logger, you know, should be fantastic because uh, it, it would be cross-platform and easy to use and everything. And I would assume that if you just download the jar file and run it, it would run, but it's not doing that for me. It's crashing out with a missing class error. Uh-huh. Well, see, that was not something I ran across either. Did you try it? Well, no, I didn't try running it. I made sure I checked checked a, around the actual page for it on when I was doing getting it getting it this afternoon. Uh huh. And uh, I actually didn't see any negative comments anywhere about it. Well, it didn't mean it didn't have problems, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. 
But it says, uh, it's a contest logger written in Java, blah, blah, blah. You already read that. It says, uh, it doesn't do partials. Here's a screen dump of the user interface, which looks, you know, simple but functional, which I guess is what you want in a contest logger. And then it says, uh, best of all, it's free. Download and try it. You probably have to shift click, blah, blah, blah. And so I, it's just a jar file. And it says here on the webpage that you got to have a Java JDK. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I don't have the JDK. Maybe I only have the JRE. Hang, hang on just one second here. Java, Java, Sun Java 6, bin JRE, and plug it. Oh, look at that. I don't have the JDK. That's probably my problem. You know that scream of pain I was talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, is, that, is that from listening to me talk, or are you actually in pain? No, I had to reach over and get something. Oh, okay. Okay, I can't. Let's see if I have to do it again when I bring my arm back. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can't install a JDK. What the hell is up with that? That's because your your stuff is busted. Don't. Yeah. (laughs) But I like using the Sun Java JDK, which is not. Well, I guess I'm going to have to try using the Open JDK and see what happens here. Open JDK 6 JDK. Oh my God! Look at all that stuff. Yeah, you're probably better with Java six or seven. Well, this is the open open Java six instead of Sun Java six. Well, if if I'm still here in a couple of minutes when this update is finished, I guess we can continue the show. Well, here's how here's how we here's how we fix that problem. Y'all, you on down the hall and get you something to drink. We'll be right back.
Okay, and that was a wonderful interlude. So, uh, we were, we were, Russ is still fighting the batter, battle of the N1 MM logger program and, and everything else. So, how, how'd you come out on that, Russ? Uh, on N1MM, I didn't come out too well. I downloaded the update and installed it via Wine, and that seemed to go well. But then when I tried to update or when I tried to run the program, uh, apparently it was complaining about my ALSA libraries or the fact that I don't have them because I'm running Pulse Audio. And basically it, it blew up in my face, crashed and burned. So I'm going to have to work on that, see if I can get it to run. And then as far as the JL program that you talked about earlier, um, I tried to get that running and it turned out I was missing the, the JDK packages for Sun Java 6 on my machine. So I decided to download the open JDK projects JDK instead. So I did that and then I tried to run the application and it still crashed and burned with the same error. So I'm going to have to investigate that one as well. I would like to get these apps running so we can you know, say if they're, they're good or worth trying for our listeners, but it's going to have to be next episode or in an article or something, but we'll get that out to them. Yeah. More information than can you, than can you use from Linux and Hamjack? Said the stroke victim. Says the stroke victim with no teeth, <laughs> no teeth, no teeth, T E F T E E F. That's how they pronounce it over in the southern parts of da- of Dallas. Got no teeth. You mean no tooth? Teeth. Tooth. Multiple teeth. Oh, you have multiple teeth down there in Texas? Well, they do down there. Of course, they normally get it replaced with a grill. <laughs> yeah, I hear some places, some places around here, they just work on one. Grief and teal. Teeth and grill. Something. Stroke victim. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Oh, God. So do we have something else to talk about or are we done? <laughs> Actually, I think we're going to talk about VLC because you got it in the thing. Well, I put it in the thing because you said you were having problems listening to the music feed over at LHSpodcast.info. Okay. Well, as, I mean, you said that was the case. You said it kept playing the same song over and over and over again, correct? No, it plays one song and stops. It plays one song and stops, and that's that was using the VLC plugin for Firefox, right? I think so. What version of Firefox are you running? Uh, Firefox, the 7.0.1. Oh, you're running Firefox 7. 7.0.1. Well, I'm still running Firefox 5, but I have to admit that I had the same problem as you. It's because you're a late adopter. Uh, well, I am a late adopter, and I'm also <laughs> quite lazy. Well, I don't know. It just says, do you want to do this? And I go, oh, hell yes, and I click the button. <laughs> what is <laughs> what, what? What do you? <laughs> <laughs> Former Windows user. <laughs> what What did you want to do that you clicked the button to do? What What did it ask you to do? Well, when it says you got updates, I say, go ahead and put them bad boys on. And when it, when it comes through and says Firefox needs to update to the newest version, I go ahead and click that bastard. And when it says, when it says do you want to launch, do you want to launch, launch a strategic missile strike in, on, uh, Compton, California? I hit okay, make it happen and just all kinds of stuff. Now, this is on your Linux machine? Yeah. 
Okay, my mine doesn't ask me for updates. I'm still on five, and it's never asked me to update it. It's got this freaking scroll across the screen that says something about NORAD and DEFCON number or whatever and everything. I don't know. I don't know why it does that, but it does. Oh, have you noticed that every movie gets the DEFCON thing wrong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so explain the DEFCON system for all those people who are uh, Hollywood challenged. Well, if I remember correctly, the higher the number is what we're talking about, but they normally go the other direction. Right. In the true DEFCON <laughs> scheme, DEFCON 1 is the highest DEFCON. Uh-huh. but everybody thinks that DEFCON 5 is the highest DEFCON. It's not. It's the other way around. So yeah. for all, you know, when you see those movies, they say, well, we're now at DEFCON 5. We're, you know, at war with the Soviet Union or whatever. Well, they're talking smack because it's the other way around. That's right. And I've decided that Stevie Ray Vaughan is my Elvis. <clears throat> Where the hell did that come from? Oh, I just thought I'd get it in there because the tab's still open up here on the top of Firefox. Right underneath something about national security agency or something. All right. Well, let me get through this real quick. Basically, what we were talking about earlier before the show started is that Richard was listening to the music feed over at LHSpodcast.info. And what was happening was he was hearing whatever song was playing currently. And then when that song ended, his player stopped playing. And I've noticed that there are several players that that happens with if you're listening to our feed using them. But what I would like to suggest is that you use the VLC media player, which you can download uh, from the VLC site, which I'll go ahead and look up here real quick. Um, it's it's cross-platform. It runs on Windows and Mac and just about everything. Uh, www.videolan.org stroke Victor Lima Charlie VLC. And if you download that and run it on whatever platform you're using, uh, it handles the feed just fine. I have a feeling the problem is the fact that the feeds actually play AUG format instead of MP3. So some streaming audio players don't know how to handle that and they'll, you know, crap out or whatever their problem is. But if you uh, want to hear our feeds and make sure that you actually get all of the stream and, you know, all of the audio and whatnot, uh, I highly recommend using Videoland's VLC player because uh, I tested that earlier. I'm, I was pretty sure that it always worked, uh, but I did a test run of it earlier uh, before the show started just to make sure. And sure enough, it worked properly. So go ahead and use that. I, I think that's all I really had to say about VLC. Apparently, I'm alone. If I'm quiet long enough, he'll think his his stuff is busted. I almost said it. I almost said it again. What'd you almost say? uh, That word that you keep griping at me because you have to edit it out. Badger word? Yeah, one of them. (laughs) Why would you say that? Because that's the stuff that's busted. My badger is busted? Yeah, something like that. No, it's not me. (laughs) <laughs> the streams work just fine. I keep telling him his stuff is broke. It's not. And he keeps telling me it's not, but it's broke. No, it isn't. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Okay, move let's do that. Because we've done the VLC player, and we talked about some login programs we don't know nothing about. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Bert, let's see if this makes a cut, because I'm, I'm being serious. Bert. 
Could you please contact us? We've received some unusual emails from your email account, and we would like to find out if it's actually you or possibly you may have picked up a virus. Well, that, that's definitely going to make the cut because I was actually going to put that in there myself. Okay, well, I fixed it. Okay, well, that's good because we have been getting a couple of comments from Bert, K1OIK, who has sent us some valid feedback in the past and uh, and I know is a listener of the program. But lately we are getting the impression that his email account or something associated with Bert may have been hacked by somebody who's doing nefarious things. And we would like to know for sure. Because we would really hate to think that any of our listeners are on narcotic. Except for Richard. No, I don't have any narcotic. That's why I'm running around here like a, a stroke victim. A stroke victim with no teeth. Oh, right. Okay, got no that. Teeth. Right. So uh, if and if that, you and, if your name my, is Bert and your call sign is K1OIK, please get in touch with us, like for real, and let us know what the hell is going on. And male pattern baldness. Exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah in all seriousness however that will uh bring us to feedback unless i think of something else to talk about in like the next three seconds two one zero welcome to feedback at linux and ham shack where we're, we don't have a whole lot but we're gonna get through it some of you guys are backed off because we did get behind it was taking a while for us to get to the feedback, stuff like that. We are really sorry about that. Y'all start sending that stuff in again. Just remember that if you have a valid question, comment, uh, topic for the show, uh, anything like that, uh, send it to LH Podcast. What is it? Uh, info? No. Yeah, info at lhspodcast.info. Yeah, that one. Info at lhspodcast.info. Uh, info at lhspodcast.info. For those of you that have uh, hate mail, love letters, pro- lewd propositions, anything like that, send those to Bill at uh, Microsoft.com. Bill at Microsoft.com. K-A-9-W-K-A at Microsoft.com. Send them over there. And uh, if you have love mail for Bill, make sure you send it to Bill at the right place. Did I get that covered, Bill? I think he went home. <sighs> Well, at least that damn sheep's not in here. That's right. That was that was a couple episodes ago, or maybe the last one. No, it was a couple ago. We we were gonna gonna cook his little butt up, but we don't care for Greek food. <laughs> okay, so let's do a, a couple feedbacks for us, and then and then we'll listen to some music, and then we'll do some more. So what you got? I don't know that we've got enough to put some music in here, but we'll see what happens. Well, if we don't, we'll just end this one early. And try again shortly before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Okay, well, I got uh, some feedback via email on episode number 66. I oh, know this is a comment. Sorry, it's a comment from the website. Email. Huh? Email. E- no, it's not email. It's it's comment. Email. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, this was in response to our discussion of Echolink um, a couple episodes back. And we were talking about how to use Echo Link and uh, SVX Link and a few other things. And we got an email from Leaf, KC8RWR, who said, I just used QTEL to check into the Echo Link QRP net last night. It worked just fine. 
So, um, not much to that. And I guess we should say that, uh, I'm glad that Q- our QTEL is still working as an Echolink client. Uh, it's a little bit older piece of software, but it is native to Linux and it does work. Uh, it's also part of the underlying structure of the SVX link package, which allows you to both chat on Echolink and provide, uh, Echolink node as in a link or a repeater station which also runs on Linux. So if you're interested in Echolink at all and want to do it natively under Linux instead of running Echolink under Wine, check out SVX Link and or QTEL. And uh, we have confirmation from a listener that it works perfectly. So there you go. And, you know, one of the reasons that uh, we kind of, well, I don't really push QTEL is because one of the first Linux distributions I downloaded was Harv's Hamshack Hack. Now that goes to show you how long ago that was. It was 2003, 2004, something like that, because I don't think the Hack Shack Hack's been updated since 2001 or 2002, and it had QTEL in it. And uh, I really uh, haven't had an opportunity since I'm not an Echo Link guy. You know, I don't go in for all this new trendy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But figured for the most part that it had not progressed past where it was and actually i'm sitting here right this moment looking at a place where you can get your hands on it or get your hands on a copy and it it appears to have progressed some since the last time i looked at it we're going to try and find a good link for qtel so y'all can go over and take a look at it because Quite honestly, if you put it in the search engine, you end up over at some uh, page-go cell phone site or something like that. I may have to give this a try and uh, us get back on it later and talk about it. Oh, no, you're going to try uh, Echolink? Mr. I'm not trendy and I have the mobility of a stroke victim? Well, there you have it. I mean, I've been on and off Echolink over the years. I had a link station up for a while and... And that kind of stuff, not so much because that's what I wanted to do, but it was, I saw a need for it. The link station, not Echo Link in general. Anyway, I'll go research this some more and maybe we'll get back on it and talk about it because it looks like it might have some new features and stuff like that. We'll check it out. So what else you got? Well, I've got a couple things about the ambassador program. I'll go ahead and read those two and address them if there's anything to actually address. Bass fishing. Got it. Go ahead. Right. Uh, the first one is from Tom, KA2D, Kilo Alpha 2 Delta. And he says, hello, we hold Ham Radio University each year. 2012 will something. Uh, not sure what happened there. We are on Long Island, New York, just east of New York City. Do you have any ambassadors in this area? Tom, Kilo Alpha 2 Delta. The short answer to the question is no, we don't have any ambassadors yet in that area, so I guess you're now it. Uh, and I will be getting in touch with you uh, very shortly about Ham Radio University at hamradiouniversity.org. Now, I got another one, or this is another comment on the website, I think it was, from... Andy, KC2ZWR, Kilo Charlie 2, Z Whiskey Romeo, or Zulu Whiskey Romeo, to be technically correct. 
who also says our club, Suffolk County Radio Club, will be at the Ham Radio University January 8th, 2012. We may be interested in being ambassadors for Linux in the Ham Shack if you don't already have someone representing you at the HRU event. Please forward us information about this. Thanks. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know that we did get your messages and I'll be sending both of these folks information about being ambassadors uh, in the Long Island and surrounding New York area, uh, particularly for representation at Ham Radio University. So uh, thanks for your emails, guys. We really appreciate you being listeners and uh, we'll be in touch about uh, ambassadorship and about uh, Ham Radio University. So thanks very much. And we'll make sure that we get a link to Ham Radio University on the website because Bill's really going to hate us because we're putting links in and not putting any text with them. <laughs> <laughs> However, yeah, let's see. Well, if he Bill was doing one, his job, he'd be writing this stuff down as we talk about it. I bet he is. Yeah, he probably is. He's good about that. Yep. Really good. But anyway, okay, so what else we got? Well, let's see. After the stuff about Ham Radio University, we got this other comment on the website from Kilo 7 India Sierra Sierra K7ISS, who says, and this is about the uh, the post you put on the website about going to the Texoma Hammerama, and uh-huh. uh, he, he's addressing you, basically. It says, thank you. Glad you made it, and hope all was great. Seems like this year went off real well, and everywhere I have seen posts, they have been like this. Awesome. Uh, basically, I think the post said that uh, you enjoy the Texoma Hammerama and K7ISS Tony is appreciative of your enjoyment of the show. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and take that one. Well, actually, what I'm going to say is thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't get to shake your hand while I was out there. I was out there roaming around. I was spying on the tiny white dwarf. I was... Uh, sitting over in the corner, making fun of people with Jimmy Pinkston, running with David Kahn and Andy Carstarpin and that whole bunch from Mesquite and just having a wonderful, wonderful time. And I find that when I answer, respond to stuff that I don't have in front of me, I tend to not be able to type, but that's a whole different subject. But yeah, we put some, we went up there. We put some pictures up on the website. We, we just had a ball up there. And in fact, yes, generally positive. In fact, I don't think I had a negative other than the fact that that's a really long drive, especially when you got a truck beating you to death. But yep, why shouldn't, why don't I see a comment on that? Oh, there it is. Hell sheep. No, that's something else. But yes, we will promote the Hammerama. I know you guys have been up there doing business, and the fact that y'all are in that brand new convention center out there, right off of I thirty five, the only place to go is up. Adequate meeting rooms, adequate space for the indoor sale area, adequate parking, brand new hotel next door. Uh, all y'all were lacking was a subway. And I'm sure I, if I looked around, I would have found one. Those of you have, that haven't gone over to the website, go on over and check out Tales of the Texas Ham Fest in Oklahoma. And uh, you can read about my adventures in Ardmore, even though I misspelled Texoma. Okay, you're forgiven. <laughs> Yay. So, what's next? Okay, next is I would like to say that we got a 
a donation from uh, Mike S. Mike S. We always like money. Yes, we do like money. And I would like to say that Mike's donation was particularly generous to the point that I sent him an email asking him if he was insane. (laughs) And his response was, possibly, especially if you ask my wife, but that's another issue. Uh, And he went on to talk about other things. But thank you, thank you, thank you a million times, Mike, for your donation. That uh, will really help us out and help keep our program going uh, far into the future. I, I, we really, really do appreciate it. And I want to uh, thank you yet again. And Richard will thank you, too. Well, yes. Uh, actually, I'm trying to find it. It looks like I'm... Y'all don't understand. See, uh, Russ is the uh, business end. He he's the business brain behind this thing. So I don't really even look at the donation when it comes <laughs> through because it's none of my business. <laughs> well, all of that money does go back and, into the show, and exactly. uh, we really appreciate it because uh, it, it does help us out. Um, there are expenses associated with Linux and the Ham Shack. Uh, we provide, you know. We provide the podcast free to our listeners, but that doesn't mean it doesn't cost anything because it really does. And any donations we get really help out. So thank you to everyone who's donated, uh, everyone who will donate, and especially to Mike S., who uh, gave us a uh, very generous donation uh, recently. And there you have it. I mean, that's what makes us go, folks. You know, that what I used to say over to the other show was, you know, it cost us a little bit to make it happen, and anything you send to us, we put back in. And where else could you get entertainment like this for as inexpensive? Since most of you got cable, so you don't even watch free TV anymore. I don't know. I wouldn't ask that question because they might find it a reason not to listen. So, I don't think so. All right. Well, I got one more thing, and then I think we're done. Okay, what you got? Okay, the last thing I got is uh, a press release from the uh, Indiana Linux Fest folks. Um, why are you not seeing this stuff? Why are you not Go seeing ahead. this stuff? I'm not sure. Go ahead. Okay, well, I, I went to the uh, to the Indiana Linux Fest last year with Cheryl, and we represented Linux in the Ham Shack there, and I uh, hope to be able to do that again this coming year. But anyway, they sent us a little announcement, and I'm going to go ahead and read it here. So uh, everybody who uh, is in the Indianapolis area or who can get there next year, uh, come and see us at the Indiana Linux Fest. But anyway, it says, uh, the second annual Indiana Linux Fest is scheduled for the middle of April and will bring the reign of freedom with it. The Wyndham Indianapolis West Hotel will once again host the event, which will be the weekend of April 13th through the 15th, 2012. The Indiana Linux Fest is about community, information, and friends, and strives to bring the free and open-source software community together for more than just information gathering. It will be a place for people to network, communicate, and have a good time. In the context of free and open-source software, free refuse to the freedom to copy, reuse, and change the software rather than change the charge, uh, rather than change the price of the software. This is an alternative to the traditional closed source or proprietary software model. And of course, if you've been listening to this show at all, you know all about uh, free software. Friday, April 13th, we'll have professional talks as well as certification training. Saturday, we'll have talks for beginners through experts as well as vendor booths. The hackerspace, which was popular feature, will also be on Saturday. Sunday, we'll have certification testing. 
Registration for ILF is free, but there will be an optional supporter package available, which will include an event t-shirt and box lunch. The one thing that should make 2012 Indiana Linux Fest better is you. Speaker proposals are now being accepted. Of particular interest are more professional-level talks for Friday, but talks for all levels of expertise are needed. Sponsors are also needed, and for more information, or to register as an attendee, go to www.indianalinux.org. And uh, that's uh, about Indiana Linux Fest coming up April 13th through the 15th of 2012. And like I said, I hope to represent Linux in the Hamshack there next year as we did this past year. And if you're able to attend the show, uh, hopefully we'll see you there. Well, my first question is, is, have you signed up for the ambassador program? Well, um, as a matter of fact, I haven't. Hmm. Need to take care of that really quick. Now, uh, number two, yes, Indiana Linux Fest. You guys send us a promo, number one. Uh, number two, uh, we will be pimping Linux Fest. And number three, Wyndham. You know, down here, Wyndham Hotel, a high dollar place. I guess, are they up there? Are they a Motel 6? Is that like a Motel 6? Is that what's going on? Because that's a pretty highfalutin place for a, a Linux Fest. Well, we we were there last year. And I have to say that while the Wyndham was not exactly a Hilton, um, yeah. it was a fairly decent hotel. Cause I know the Wyndham here in Dallas is like, woohoo. If y'all want to know what the inside of a room at the Wyndham in Dallas looks like, go some, go out on the cable and look for old episodes of Dallas. J.R. Ewing's office was built inside of a hotel, one of the motel rooms at the Wyndham Hotel in Dallas. You know that because you can see the Anatole across the highway out the Wyndham. Mm, I think some Wyndhams are better than others then. Yes. The Lowe's Anatole right across the highway. All right, well, that's all I got, so I think we're just about ready to wrap this thing up. Where Ronald Reagan used to stay, at the Wyndham. Mm-hmm. No, at the Anatole. Okay. Hey, anyway, you guys, y'all, y'all get us some, get us a promo, and we'll be, we will be pimping the Linux Fest, so we can uh, <laughs> get y'all some people out there. Okay, so we're just about done everything we can do. I'm still trying to figure out why I'm not getting those emails. But it's probably me. We'll Maybe. we'll work on that offline. You know, uh, got got to got run around toothless, got the mobility of stroke victim, and the IQ of a three year old. So we're and a sheep, but I don't see him. Anyway, what else we got? Uh, nothing. Ooh, stroke victim. Forgot. You have to be compassionate. Cause you're really going to be mad at me when we get through recording. All right. So, all right, then seems like we're out of stuff. We're, we're, uh, actually did pretty well tonight. Got through things fairly quickly. Richard didn't say once and oh, wait a minute. Now Russ got edited. Damn. But that's okay. That's okay. I take it back. I meant stuff. Stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh, huh? Uh huh. So with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and turn all y'all loose. Uh, be careful out there driving. Uh, don't run any deer because I just found out that if you hit a deer in Texas, you can't put, put it across your hood. You got to give it to the game warden. And I think that's not fair. You killed it. You ought to be able to eat it. But that, but we'll just figure that one out later. So with that, if you want to get a hold of me, you can send me an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com. 
KB5JBV at gmail.com or, or, or KB5JBV at LHSinfo.info. No, LHSpodcast.info. KB5JBV <laughs> at LHSpodcast.info. Or you can catch up with me on the social networks. I'm attached to a bunch of them. Uh, the ones I check regularly are Facebook. And there you have it. So, uh, y'all, y'all go out there, type KB5JBV, and I may magically appear. So, with that, I'm going to toss it over to Russ and over there into Booby Mountains and let him tell y'all his stuff. Go ahead, Russ. Okay, this is Russ K5TUX. You can find me at most of the various uh, social networks out there on the internet, Facebook, Identica, Twitter, LinkedIn, stuff like that. I'm J.R. Woodman, and over at 73s.org, I am K5TUX. You can send me an email at K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. You can send both of us an email at the same time at info at LHSpodcast.info. You can leave us a voicemail at the new Linux in the Ham Shack voicemail line, which is one nine oh huh. Oh, I was just gonna say I thought you fell off your chair. No, I, I didn't. I'm good. Okay, nine oh three what? The number is one nine oh nine LHS show, which if I remember correctly is one nine oh nine uh what is that actually? It's one nine oh nine S H O W. L H S S H O W, right. Which I think is five four seven seven four six eight. Something like that. Anyway, uh you'll figure it out. Uh so go ahead and leave us a voicemail over there. We'd love to have your uh vocal content. We'll add it to the show. We really appreciate it too. Uh leave us a comment on the website, go to the website for all of the information about the show, including the show notes, current episodes, articles, videos, etc. etc. Everything about the show is at lhspodcast.info. And uh, I think that's about it for this week. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 68 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We really appreciate all our listeners, old and new. And I guess we'll catch up to everybody in a couple of weeks. So from the rain-soaked Grand Tetons of northern Arkansas, this is Russ, K5TUX, and I'm going to send it back down to Heartland, Texas, where Richard will say... It 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 <laughs> Oh yes, I wanted to remind everybody that was concerned we are no longer on the t- on the card table. We are now on the desk again, and everything worked. So with that, well, I was going to make a booby comment and some other stuff, but I done forgot what it was. So I'll have to remember them, and we'll let y'all know what it was next time. <laughs>